0: Hello, and welcome to Conversational Leadership with Jay Mann. I'm your host, Jay Mann, Superintendent of the Creighton Schools. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Katie Gibson-McLean, who's not only one of our governing board members, but who's also an ex officio member of our committee that is working on student conduct. So it's our Student Conduct Policy Committee, which functions as a governing board committee and operates under open meeting law. So welcome, Katie.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Would you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm sure a lot of people know who you are, but they may not have had a chance to meet you or learn much about you. So if you'd share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, maybe a little personal tidbit of information.
1: Certainly. My name is Katie Gibson-McLean. I am currently a member of the Creighton School District Governing Board I've been on the board since January of 2023 and um, serving, as Jay said, an ex-officio member of the Student Conduct Committee. Um, I am also an alumni of the Creighton School District, and I was promoted from Biltmore Prep in 2001, but I went to Monta Vista from 91 to 98 Um I have a background in education, went to school to be a teacher and got my teaching license and worked in education in Portland, Oregon for five years and have a lot of background in wraparound services and a lot of stuff having to do with student conduct on a high school campus. Um, My husband used to be a teacher as well, and um, so a lot of that informs kind of my interest in this committee as well as my own personal and observed experiences as a student in this district. Um, in the past, and also during my day job, I am a public defender and can see kind of the broader system level aspects of the impacts of these types of policies that can have um, on on kids for, you know, years to come.
0: Wonderful. It's very cool. I, I know one of the things I've observed um, sitting in as the other ex officio member of the committee um, is how much the committee appreciates your legal background because a lot of the policies um, that they're reviewing all have their background in state statute, right? So Certainly. there's there's a lo- there's a very strong legal aspect to that.
1: Yeah, and you know, I hadn't I had looked at these policies before, but I hadn't really you know dug into them quite as deep as we are now. And I was really kind of surprised at how much of these student conduct policies are just kind of modeled, almost copied and pasted off of our criminal code. It's A little mind boggling, but also then makes sense on the systems level.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. It is a little weird though, because you'd think, well, that's covered in statute. Yeah. You know, why does it necessarily need to be repeated in policy? And yet, you know, clearly, um, for whatever reasons it is, um, but that really has been, you know, one of the driving factors behind the work.
1: Okay, so what had brought this on was President Carrillo um, participates in a cohort fellowship through an organization called School Board Partners, and um, they provide a lot of feedback and also, um, you know, template, language, or ways to get started um, on kind of doing some of this work. And so she had presented to us as a board um, some suggestions for how she might like to see some of these policies amended or gotten rid of altogether. And rather than having us decide things unilaterally as a board, I know um, that all five of us take very seriously the idea and and value the idea that we're getting input from as many um, folks as possible in these kinds of decisions. You know, we're not the experts on this. And even though we do have two current teachers on our committee, you know, they're not in our district and as of right now, and they're not dealing with whatever issues um, teachers and staff and administrators are dealing with on a daily basis with regard to student conduct on our campuses. And so I really felt like, you know, this is the great, a great opportunity for us to create a committee um, to address uh, these policies and try to update them. Um, our policies are definitely some of them very antiquated and, um, reek of like a different era. Um, and they're also out of alignment with a lot of the uh, uh, changes that the district has made, even in the last decade, uh, as far as a strategic plan goes and cultural changes that the district has has made. And, you know, they just don't really align with our values, I think, as a district. And so I think really what it is, um, is a way for us to re reexamine kind of what is there. Clearly, we're not necessarily following it or people aren't even aware of what these things are to begin with. Let's have something that's actually on the books that people are owner, owners of, that are, they're invested in, that they can agree to and believe in, um, and that will actually work and benefit, um, our students and our staff and our, our greater district. Um, and so that's where we're at. As far as the open committee goes, you know, I wanted it to be a board committee because I had, I had just had the experience of doing the safety committee for Phoenix Union. I was the chair of that. And while there's pros and cons to the open committee, I think, I think given how great of an issue this is, not only for uh, staff, teachers, and administrators, but for parents and students and community members as well, that this is one of those things where it shouldn't be a superintendent committee that maybe would be seen as operating in the dark. And so I, I wanted it to be as transparent and as open to everyone as possible to give them a, a, you know, some sort of... Um, look into the process for this so that everyone that has the can have the opportunity to get some ownership in this and so that when we're when we're at the point where the board's potentially adopting new policies we feel like we've reached as many people we have as much voice and input as as possible to make this equitable and and to make it not like a top down Uh, square peg, round hole situation. So that was lengthy, but I hope that got (laughs) to answer your question. that
0: that was perfect. And, you know, I I appreciate, you know, some of the things that you mentioned in there because one of the things we've been talking a lot during the course of this podcast um, is voice and trying to raise voice um, and also the concept of, you know, none of us is as smart as all of us. Um, There's, like, some weird research out there that, like, you could take a crowd of people and if you... Average the the work of the crowd of people. It's more accurate than if you found two experts and asked them their opinion So I think there definitely is something to having more people at the table So could you share a little bit with us about sort of the makeup of the committee? Like what types of people are on it? How large it is you know, those types of things?
1: certainly so One of the cons of the experience I had on previous committees, both at the city and at Phoenix Union, was that they were very large committees. Both of them had more than 20 members each. Um, And while those have a lot of voices, it's very hard to come to consensus and make decisions in a group that large. And so I think one of the things I wanted to do in, in kind of help in, in with your help as well in trying to decide how big this committee would be was to limit it to where we still had some voices, but to where we'd be able to have conversations that get us to some court, sort of consensus. And so um, right now, I, I can't quote you the exact number because we've had a little That's bit good. of movement. Yep, there's but definitely I, been yeah, but what I will say is that we have a couple of administrators, a couple of teachers, one, at least one student, at least one parent who's for sure, starting at our next meeting. Um, and I, I'm missing anything? I'm trying to remember no, if I, I'm missing. I think, I think
0: you've got it about right. You so. know,
1: the, really, we just don't, the only person we don't have on the committee would be like a community member who is not associated with the district in any way, right, really. And right. so those are kind of hard to come by sometimes, which I totally get. And hopefully we can get that voice through some other means that we explore when when the committee's taking our suggested changes to the community um, and get their input there before we take things to the board but yeah. so far so good I think in in the kind of cross section we have on the committee um, and and those folks who are on the committee are already saying that you know they've been talking about their work to their colleagues and mm-hmm. even getting feedback from them in between meetings and so I think things are moving in the right direction with kind of the group that we've chosen
0: yeah no I couldn't agree more I, I feel like What I have observed is that work's getting done, and very often committees, like, it takes forever to get to any actual work being completed. Yes. Um, And so I think it's that scale that's allowing there to be enough voices at the table. And like you mentioned, them being able to extend it by reaching out to others and being available to others but at the same time, they're able to get to consensus on things and and get draft language put together. Which sometimes, I mean, I've seen committees struggle for months and months to get draft language for anything. And I know they've already done a first pass through. I think two of the policies. So Correct. that's, I mean, that's really strong progress considering the you know the weighty nature of the type of policies that they're looking at.
1: Definitely, and and most of the people are from different sites on the committee. And so it's great to see already kind of a common understanding or agreement about, what people are hoping this looks like and it's it's great to see how easily folks are able on the committee to kind of come to an agreement about what they think's appropriate necessarily for the the drafted language and kind of the be already on the same page as to what direction they're wanting to move in it's great to see and i couldn't agree more about committees sending issues to committee to die or to not mm-hmm. get done and also I couldn't imagine wasting anyone's time, especially uh, folks who are already working all day here in the district. I would hate for that to happen. And so I'm really excited about the progress we're making and the work we'll continue to do for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, one of the points you made about it being an open meeting too also opens it up to more voice um, mm-hmm. because not only is the committee able to take public comment, but in addition to that, we're streaming the meetings and so people are able to observe what's going on. Um, and then provide that public comment. So anyone out there who's listening to this, who has an interest, they can join Mm -hmm. us in person at committee meetings. They're all posted. Um, They could watch via the streaming mechanism. Um, And in either case, there's opportunities for them to be able to provide feedback and input.
1: Definitely. And um, I believe that Maybe you can correct me later on or cut this part out if you want. But from what I recall, they can also submit a written comment to Hilda ahead of time if they choose to. Um, we haven't had any public comments at the meetings yet. And so as we get going even further into this, I would love, love for people to, you know, provide us any feedback through public comment, even if it's the week after you know, what we've done, but also we try pretty well during the meeting to be pretty transparent about what we're going to be doing at the next meeting right. in a way that could maybe set folks up to already know what, what's coming up even before the agenda is posted so that, um, you know, so that they can see what's going on. Another way that we're doing that mm-hmm. is um, uh, kind of just getting kick-started now uh, through posting kind of our working documents mm-hmm. on the website. We luckily are able, through modern technology, to comply with open meeting laws and have a collaborative uh, Google Doc available for the public to view um, that community members can edit in between meetings so that we can kind of streamline our work and not have to only have work, all the work get done at, at committee meetings, which then allows us, I think, to be able to hopefully in the long run get some more work done in, Uh, at the end of all this it's hard when in open meetings when things are concentrated to the meeting time and so to be able to do this is even greater so aside from just watching these meetings online you can go to the website and um, this the district's website and be able to access the working documents that we were looking at um, in between in between meetings
0: and to your earlier point it also gives you know anybody who wants to participate an opportunity to see the policies and some of the suggested changes that are going into place. And then that kind of empowers them to be able to have something to make that public comment on to say, Hey, I love this. This is great. Keep, keep going this direction. Or I disagree with this particular point. Would you please take this opinion into consideration as as you're moving on to the next round of work? Definitely. Um, Awesome. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the availability to the community, the work that's going to happen at the end to go ahead and, and make certain that we're getting other feedback from community members and whatnot. Um, I know we're going to be taking it to community council yes. at some point to have them take a look at it before it comes back to the board. Um, could you share a little bit about what that timeline looks like? So I know uh, the team has been working, I want to say, I can't remember when exactly the first meeting was, it was like September or October or something like that. Um, and they've had several meetings already. Uh, and I know that right now um, they're still they're well into the work, but still in the early stages of it. But when when is it anticipated that uh, sort of those drafts might be seen by the public? When might the board be taking action?
1: So the committee ha- is doing a good job of trying to map out. Um, the policies in a way that that can kind of get us on track with this timeline of being able to go to the April 11th Community Council um, to be able to present that there and get as much feedback as possible there. Um, We floated some ideas about some other ways to gather information once we have the recommended changes outside of Community Council as well, and we'll continue to explore those options if folks can't can't attend Community Council. Um, but that's going to be our big in-person event to be able to try to get feedback on our proposed, um, changes. Then we'll have some time after that period is over, community council and whatever period we might have open for maybe online feedback, um, to then meet again as a committee, review the feedback, make any changes we think seem appropriate, uh, for the proposed, uh, changes. And then, um, Be able to come to consensus on the final recommendations that we'll submit to the board before. um, The goal is to get it submitted to the board in the meeting prior to. um, I want to say the budget hearing, or like before that, so that you know these are things that could be implemented and going in the next school year, essentially.
0: Yeah, 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 and and, um, you know, one of the things you know for people who aren't necessarily familiar with the board adopting policy. So that would be for a first read, right? Yes. So then the board would read through it. The board would then have an opportunity to make suggestions for changes. And then we typically will bring it back for a second read. Often policy is adopted on the second read, but it's not necessary. So if on the second read there were still concerns, it could go away, be refined. But um, as you pointed out, I think it's really important that I, I love, you know, going back to seven habits of highly effective people. You described the team beginning with the end in mind, so they work backwards from like the goal of when to get this done. And I love that the goal of when to get this done is in time to be able to then implement these policy changes. Can't say policy today. Implement these policy changes for next school year. So instead of them hitting, you know, mid summer, we're trying to get them sort of on the front end of that so that we were ready to go when students are back in August with, with the new policies and make whatever other adjustments. So.
1: Agreed. And there could be also some recommendations as we've gone along. You know, it's become apparent that maybe these student conduct policies go hand-in-hand hand with the staff conduct policies and that there could be room for some changes there and analysis as well. And so um, I certainly believe that there's going to be maybe some miscellaneous recommendations that will be made to the board as far as maybe other areas to look into, um, we're prioritized for policy changes. And I think that's something we'd be receptive to. I'm telling you, I am. Yep. And so if you have any other areas in our policies that you think are something we can explore in the future, I mean, I, not that I'm trying to do these board committees in perpetuity, but mm-hmm. there's quite a bit here that hasn't been looked at in, in some of, t- some of them cases decades. And so yeah. I think it's worth it to really take our time and work through these and, and make sure that, that most of our policies or the vast majority of them are aligned with our values and our culture.
0: Now I think that's really powerful because a lot of times what happens is boards get caught up with like the everyday business mm-hmm. and the policies that are there are just like some attorney someplace said, hey, by the way, you need this policy change, right? But all of that is just creating compliance with statute, which we're trying to ensure that continued compliance, but there's a lot of room and leeway for those policies to reflect the values of our community, for those policies to re- reflect our values as an organization, but we've got to dig into them in order to do that, because a lot of them have been in place 20-plus years. So the world's changed a little bit, people might have noticed, over the last 20-plus <laughs> years. Um, so I, I think it's really powerful to be able to um, have a governing board that's really reviewing the policy to make sure it's working for our schools and our students. So I that's agree. Good, good, good stuff. So you've you've given us a look at those next steps, but um, there's a little bit more than this going on. I know there's some other committees that are working in parallel, um, and one of the things I've been really impressed with is there's been conversations in this policy committee about the work of the others so we don't have three groups working in isolation. There's there's gonna be some interfacing to make sure everything's aligned. But what does this ultimately end up looking like? Um, how does the intersection of, of those different committees affect the teacher in the classroom or the student in the classroom. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works?
1: Totally. You know, um, it feels like it's got been, been 15 years now, but I do remember my student teaching as a 21-year-old in a high school class with 18-year-olds. And I, if you can imagine my frightening experience of trying to do uh, classroom management with people who were basically my peers, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know kind of just where your mind can be and on some days you can just be so exhausted um, and just get yourself into a place of feeling hopeless or feeling like you don't have the right supports or not having the right tools. Um, And I I hate that anyone in our district is in that position or feels that way because I know we have some really brilliant teachers in our district. And so... um, you know, even if you're having issues as a newer teacher or issues as a career teacher, a veteran teacher, I think that, um, there's going to be something you'll be able to see at the end of this. And the way that works is that the board is, is responsible ultimately for setting policy. And that's why, you know, my impetus for kind of creating this committee once we create that policy that's kind of like a roadmap or guidelines for the superintendent to follow in creating um i don't know what the best word to use here is I, you know i know i don't know what you would call directives regulate like I yeah, don't... <laughs> like,
0: like, like guidance, and practices sure, guidance and practice and yeah. practice
1: um you know the superintendent as as you know, Jay is responsible for kind of taking that and deciding, okay, what do the practical applications of this mm-hmm. look like? And we've made it pretty clear to you, and we've talked about this in student uh, student wow student outcomes focused governance. Yep. That our expectation is that no, not only are we making these policies with this lot, a lot of voices, um, we're also hoping that you then create guidelines and directives that, that are done so, that are done with a lot of voices as well. Absolutely. Um, and so working together with administrators, but also working together with teachers and staff who are, you know, really the one-on-one, that's where the one-on-one situations or, or these situations with students and uh, interactions are taking place. And right. so needing those voices to see how best to implement in a practical sense these policies on a day-to-day basis in our schools and also how to create some continuity between campuses. Um, right. We've heard you loud and clear, you know, I think even before I was on the board when I was kind of coming to meetings for a year before being on the board, just hearing a lot of public comment about kind of what I just talked about a few minutes ago, which is needing help with student behaviors, needing supports, needing guidance in that, in that way, and also wanting to feel like Everybody's kind of getting the same message or on, on. on the same ship, so to speak. And so I, I think really that's our ultimate goal here is for teachers and staff and administrators even to feel supported, to feel like they have the tools they need to, to create a safe and productive learning environment for our students and a safe and productive learning environment for themselves, right? right. So aside from the concerns about, you know, not having the tools and the support necessary, you know, staff and teachers know people from other campuses and then they find out how different things are, maybe from one school to the next, or you go to a a new site next year um, and you feel like you're on a different planet and you have to learn a whole new system of doing things. And so I think we're trying to still have school-specific culture and school-specific norms, maybe, um, while at the same time having some pretty clear and consistent expectations district-wide. You know, what does it mean to be a Creighton student? What does it mean to be a Creighton teacher or staff member? And what what do our expectations and norms look like as a whole? Because those really shouldn't, I think, vary widely from campus to campus because we are a pretty cohesive community, and I think I think we're going to be able to do that while still maintaining whatever, you know. Um Extra eccentricities exist on every campus, yeah. whatever those might be, and so I'm hoping we can get to that end. Now, is it going to be perfect right off the bat? Probably not. Nothing no. ever is, um, and that's why it's also important to continue to give feedback and say, "Hey, you know, I appreciate the work that went into this, but I could see that maybe if we did this just a little bit differently, it's going to work even better in practice, right?" Yeah. And, and we just have to keep those lines of communication open. The more we close down those lines of communication, let things fester. You know, it's going to be an if we let this sit for another 10 to 15 years, we're just going to be redoing the same work we just did. And I I think this should be an ongoing thing that we revisit every few years to make sure and check in and do temperature checks and make sure the things that we've changed are working. You know, things will evolve over time. And so, I don't anticipate this to be the end all be all of of policy mm-hmm. updates and and just hoping that the process works and that we can continue to improve on the process as well as the end results
0: as we go forward. Yeah, there's an old saying that that which gets measured gets done. But um, it's really that monitoring and adjusting that's going to help us refine it into something very effective. And you know, nothing comes off the assembly line like absolutely perfect. And I loved what you said about, you know, consistency, a teacher moves to another campus. Same thing's true for our students. I've talked to students in our district, Mm -hmm. you know, i talked to a student a couple of weeks ago that had been at um, Loma Linda and is now at the Creighton Academy, and they were sharing with me some of the differences that they saw, right? So for them, they should be able to have a set of consistent expectations as well. Um, And, you know, I think one of the things we're doing to try to get speed to market, for lack of a better term, (laughs) is that we've got these three groups working in parallel. So we've got the policy committee clearly working on on refining policy. We have a team that's working on uh, behavior and supports for the classroom. They're trying to get to what can we do proactively to help students develop maybe some of the executive functioning skills they need or um, to provide teachers with tool sets that are effective with supporting these things. And then we have the assistant principals who have been working on creating a common matrix, not only of consequences, but with the hope of having a combination of consequences and restorative practices outlined, you know, for different types of things that happen. The, the challenge with doing that is everybody's stepping all over each other. Um, and we know for a fact that, you know, the, the other two teams will build their work as policy changes, that work will likely need to shift. But I think we'll get to an end result faster because fine tuning those other products once they're done and once the policy group's work is done will get them to be able to be used in our schools much more quickly than if we waited until May and then first fire it up to try to do those other things, right? Agreed.
1: So, and we have um, overlapping membership and those committees as well, which I think is also helpful in that regard. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I just, I appreciate this conversation. I'm hoping for those listening, it maybe gives them a better sense of what might be happening, you know, with this committee. Um, but of course, one of the best ways they could find out more would be to show up and watch or watch the stream or check out um, the Google docs that we're going to have online with the policy information in it. Any Closing words? You want to share encouragement for people, or a bit of information that we missed?
1: No, I can't think of anything. I just want to, you know, encourage folks to watch, folks to read, and and listen, and then share with us um, in whatever way works best for you. Um, we'll have those opportunities posted, just like we do the agendas and the word docs when those times become available. But you know, as we're going, if you have um, feedback to give i don't want to like open the floodgates but again you know there's public comment that you could potentially submit to hilda if you can't make it to a meeting even virtually um, you can come in person um, or you can give something to hilda that she can forward to the committee you know for our consideration that's always a possibility um, and if you have any feedback, we're, we're glad to take it. We're not going to put up any roadblocks if, if you're trying to be creative about how to get this information to it, to us. What, whatever you can do to get the information and feedback to the committee is going to be great. So we're just looking for as much of it as we can get.
0: Well, thank you so much for that. And thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you.